To express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. I'm wicked through and through. El Faba from Wicked. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We are programmed by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airways as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity. A top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits for today's show. Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.com. Every dollar counts, and we'll use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and many more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. Hello, I'm Sharanya, and I'm proud to be hosting this show today. Before we start this program, we want to announce that Be The Star You Are charity is entering the metaverse. By purchasing an NFT from the Star Style community, you will be donating to Be The Star You Are. Each NFT is based on a character from Cynthia Bryant's new children's book, No Barnyard Bullies, illustrated by Jensen Russell. These NFTs are like baseball trading cards of yore. Check out the roadmap for upcoming events just for the Star Style Community events members, where exclusive experiences are part of the package. Going to be super fun? Jump into the metaverse and buy your NFTs at HTTPS www.starstylecommunity.com Today's show is all about the spooks and amazing element of Halloween. In the second segment, I will be conversing with Alex, our newest reporter, about Halloween. And in the third seg- and in the first segment, just after this, I will be talking about the essential parts of spooky writing. With the feeling of spookiness ringing throughout the air, we all got our witch caps and horrendous looking makeup, and the feeling of jolliness got all of our hearts in the perfect place. I think it reminds me of my previous shows, this exact show. It was about Halloween, and it was my second show, I think. I was pretty into reporting and I liked the feel of it and I remember how scared I felt to share my voice out to so many people. I was utterly scared and did not want to mess up 
but after segment after segment, radio show after radio show, I think I got used to making small mistakes, getting comfortable with what I had to say and my voice, because I was able to spread it to all of you. So for me, Halloween, which once was candy, let's go. I will trick or treat forever. It's become a season of rejoicement in the com- in just being able to share my voice with so many others um, and feeling the feel of an impact. I think I've always been um, interested in public speaking, but I feel this show and Express Yourself helped me enhance um, my public spe- speaking skills to actually try to make a difference. Now that we have got what I think about the Halloween spooky season, Let's get started on how to write spooky writing. I don't know, but when I was younger, I was very into the Ghostbusters series by R.L. Stein. It was one of the best series to me, and every character just had an appeal of its own. And I've recently gotten into watching horror movies. Uh, recently, my school also had something called Haunted Hallway, where everyone jumped out of hallways, leadership did, and it was an enthralling feel. So first, some tips about writing spooky. You might be like, oh, just add a lot of ghosts. But you can also make it spooky about normal human day life. Now, you can make anything spooky by adding a cynical twist to it. But if you actually want to make something heart racing and not cliched, use the environment you're setting your characters in. Let's say we have Bob. And Bob lives in original like cliched everyday life he goes to work comes back nine to five but you can somehow make the environment more creepy something unusual something people wouldn't normally think about going to a nine to five job and coming right back so let's say bob lives in a house the creaks of the wood um of the floor a feeling of suffocation in a probably big room feelings of isolation, everything that you can ramp up the anxiety for, the readers will be able to appreciate that more. So just try to make the reader anxious, but not to the point in the beginning. Try to make the climax of anxiousness right in the middle. Second, um, I heard this from one of my previous writing teachers. She told me to use my fears and put that into um, whatever I was writing. Because I used to be afraid of stuff like fire, and there was even a time I was afraid of the ocean, but now I, I live in it if I could. But as people grow up, their fears also grow up, and I think people in that age group can relate to that so much because it's not just you with those fears. And the third one is make your readers essentially like breathe more panicky, faster. And um, something that can help with that is writing long sentences. I'm not telling you to write run-on sentences which lose continuity and um, the reader just gets so confused. I'm talking about a series of actions, a main thing where, because periods essentially give you a sense of, oh, you can breathe now, but we don't want that. We want the reader to not be able to breathe like not asphyxiation, but just in a metaphorical way. And the unknown is a big part. If 
you want to write something spooky, make stuff mysterious. Do not describe everything. Leave imagination into it. And I know ghosts are a big part of horror movies, books, and you can use tropes like that, but don't make it so obvious and like all the other books because people then won't want to read what you wrote. So I think those are a few um, little tips on how to write spooky writing. Now, I tried my hand at it, and I, in no way, I am amazing at it. But I think I just took, you know how parents get so concerned about the candy from houses, and um, I think I wrote a poem about that. So I'm trying to sum all of the spookiness of that um, feeling of checking the kids' candy because you shouldn't be have to be afraid about what your neighbors give you. It's called candy. Drip, drip, drip. A sense of senseless pinging runs throughout the air. Children are afraid, yet all of them dare. House to house, they pick up candy, laced with just the element of care. Yet all the adults in the house make sure they're sealed because CNN and Fox News has got their minds ringing with fear. What if they got hooked to something so mysteriously terrible? What if they got hooked to something that spooks the blood and hair out of them? It is the feeling of dread that they feel when students get an element stuck in their Halloween bucket that just doesn't seem just or fair. I think poems are pretty hard to make spooky and you have to use everyday situations for that so if you're beginning on horse story writing I'd say start with short stories and then venture on to poems because short stories in a sense um, you can write everything without having to keep in mind an artistic prose so um, I think that's a very strong point. Start with um, short story writing and then venture on to um, poetry and other forms of writing. Now, enough about spooky writing. So this Halloween, as I said, we had haunted hallway in my school and not many people dressed up, but I, of course, dressed up and I don't exactly know what I was. I was wearing this big um, leather jacket it was my mom's and I was wearing black jeans black shirt um a witch hat and then I splattered eyeliner all over my face to give it that creepy look and then I messed up my hair well my hair was already messed up just an excuse and not to tie it up so I think that outfit was one of my best DIY outfits because other ones are very cliched. I remember I once was a fox and once was an ant. I think I like this year's outfit the most. It has that mysterious feel. And this time I'll celebrate Halloween by going um, out with my friends and trick-or-treating because who doesn't love trick-or-treating? And I always have an enormous rage towards... Um, Houses that don't give candy out. And some of them have signs. Don't knock on the door. I just don't like that. Um, Or coming out of houses. It's like we keep the children away from here. But candy is always good. Just don't eat too much, I guess. Or do. Also, um, I don't know if it's just me. But an activity I've gotten into in Halloween is sorting all my candy. 
I put the Butterfingers in one, on one side, Almond Joys on the other. And then there are these things called duds. I absolutely dislike duds on another level. So guess where they go? I don't know, to be honest. I don't know where any of my candy that I don't like goes. Well, that's it for this segment. Make sure you stay tuned for our next segment where I'll be introducing our next reporter, Alex. She's our news reporter and we're so excited to have her here. We want to hear your thoughts and we want to hear your questions. So email us at btsyteenradio at the rate gmail.com. That's btsyteenradio at the rate gmail.com. Check out our radio site at www.expressyourself.teenradio.com and our creative community site at www.bethestarur. You can get involved with the Be The Star You Are charity by books and t-shirts in our store, sign up for our free newsletter, and make a donation to Be The Star You Are. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit be the star you are.org to make a tax deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. Be the star you are.org. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Low literacy and poor communication skills have been identified in studies as major contributors to general conduct disorders, psychiatric disorders, criminal behavior, and adolescent suicide. To live and prosper in this society, we must be lifelong learners with access to knowledge and skills that can sustain our lives at work, at home, and in our communities. Be the Star You Are 501c3 charity has been working to increase literacy and improve positive message programming since 1999. You can help by making a tax-deductible donation today. Visit www.bethestarur.org. Everybody counts. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star you listening to express yourself on the voice america kids channel where teens talk and the world listens express yourself is produced by star style productions llc as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity for more information about our show visit expressyourselfteenradio.com now back to our star teens thanks for staying with me on express yourself teen radio i'm sharanya it's always thrilling when a new reporter joins our star team. And our newest member is Alex Ehrlich. Alex Ehrlich is a senior in high school in Los Angeles who loves all things food. 
She operates a restaurant review blog and Instagram account called Sweet and Savory LA and works at AOC, a well-known farm-to-table restaurant. She's also a volunteer for CCAP, Careers Through Culinary Arts, the managing editor of school's newspaper, the leader of a feminist club at her school, and the captain of her water polo team. Alex hopes to share the importance of food and doesn't hold back on any of her strong-willed opinions about restaurants. Her segment is called Din- Diners on Board. I can't wait to talk to Alex. Welcome, Alex, to our star team. Excited you have joined us. Hi, Alex. Hi. Um, great. Yeah, like Sharania said, my name's Alex, and my segment is called Diners on Board, um, where I discuss restaurants in the local area of Los Angeles, as well as around the globe, and um, the impact of food in our everyday lives. Today, the topic is Halloween, a holiday all about candy, but in my opinion, could and should be about as equally as good food. Um, Funnily enough, Halloween was the beginning of what I like to call my foodie journey. Um, On my first Halloween, I wasn't old enough to talk yet, so I kind of went around the neighborhood with my parents, trick-or-treating, like most kids do, But on my second Halloween, I remember that each house we went to, I would point and say and remember exactly what candy that they had passed out the year before. So the Goldbergs had king-sized Twix bars while the Whartons cheaped out and bought fun-sized Hershey bars. And apparently the Mosers really wanted to see little kids cry, which they achieved by passing out toothbrushes. Um, So my parents named this weird skill food photographic memory a talent which is both less impressive and less beneficial than real photographic memory. But if I have to defend my past self, I was two years old. (laughs) So my food photographic memory um, is still relevant in my daily life, I believe. All my memories are shaped through food. I can't remember what I did for my birthday party last year, but I do know I had a dozen vegan cinnamon buns topped with caramel, chocolate, Oreos, and cookie dough in replacement of a birthday cake. And yes, it was as glorious and disgusting as it sounds. But in all seriousness, meals for me are the markers of celebration, special occasions, and spending time with family or friends. So it's no wonder that they are a source of joy in the lives of many people. To get back to Halloween, I want to talk with you about a very serious issue, in my opinion. Candy is overrated. Don't get me wrong, I have a sweet tooth as much as the next girl, but candy should not be wholly representative of our favorite fall holiday. I'm sorry, sorry to Thanksgiving, but we all know Halloween is more fun. I can't eat candy for all three meals. Luckily, this problem is easily fixable, so I'm here to recommend four restaurants that achieve the spooky and cozy feeling that Halloween is all about. So the restaurant I first want to talk to you about is Horses. Um, it sits on Sunset, which was used to be occupied by this space called um, Ye Coach and Horses, which was a gastropub. And if you haven't heard about horses and you live in Los Angeles and you like restaurants, you're probably living under a rock because it is in every single p- piece of food media that you can find, in Eater, in Infutation, in LA Times. It Everyone is talking about horses. And even six months after its opening, it is still impossible to get a reservation. But it is beloved for good reason. Its food is, it's it's kind of it's a rare type in Los Angeles, I believe. It's it's very it's simple, but they're really sophisticated. It's a sophisticated style of cooking, and there's kind of like a European flair. It's American, but it it it's it you have like burger and fries on menu, but then you have this like Cornish 
hen with like a panzanella kind of like salad. It's, it's a very, there's a lot of variation and it's, you can find what, what you're looking for on the menu. Um, the inside really screams fall. So you you get these beautiful like red and yellow leather booths and then these checkered floors and these beautifully wood paneled a bar and like walls with like these kind of like interesting kind of funny paintings of horses that are a little bit ironic in themselves. And it, and then they also have this like ceiling that's beautiful. It's like these wood beams and you kind of feel like you just walked into like a bistro in a small, in a small Swiss or German town. Um, this restaurant like encapsulates for me, the energy of old Hollywood, which if you think of old restaurants in LA that are landmarks, you think of kind of like Mousson Franks where the food is terrible the grill um in the alley which is a restaurant in beverly hills but the food is kind of old you get you're not you get you go in you get a shrimp cocktail you you kind of you kind of know the menu before you even check it and it's kind of boring but horses is like the opposite of that it's this the menu is like experimental and fun and the space the space isn't bland in the slightest it's this like beautiful space so for me, it's 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 what LA is all about. It, this is this is where the people of Los Angeles are dining. It's not it's not Craig's where you where there's influencers taking pictures of fifty dollar ice cream sundays, or restaurants where there's terrible food but like a garden wall in the background, which is why people go. It's it's this restaurant where people are like packed like sardines into booths and stools at the bar and ordering way too much food and like waving at friends across the restaurant. It's just, it's a really beautiful vibe in there. Um, to move on the food, it's, I, in my opinion, it's spectacular. Um, the one dish I would recommend given the theme of the show today is the boudon basque. And the description of this dish is a little intimidating to our picky chicken tender butter pasta eaters out there. So, it's kind of, you'll find this like thin, very, very thin, crusty layer of brioche. And on top, it's this like finely chopped braised meat from pig's head, which is kind of what blood sausage is. And I know blood sausage is a big turnoff for many people. I always think of it when I think of like English breakfast or Harry Potter, which isn't isn't the best. Um, but um, I, I've never been... I don't think I've ever been like, I'm craving some blood sausage right now, but it really works in this dish. And you have like this runny quail egg sitting on top of the whole mess. And it, it, it soaks into the bread, creating this like beautifully flavored, salty, savory bite. And it, it's kind of like, by the time you're finished, it kind of looks like you just murdered someone. Like you're having, you have this giant knife to cut into it. It's, but it really is a delicious bite. I, it's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite at the restaurant and I highly recommend it. I could, I could do a little monologue for every dish at horses. I really, I love it that much. But, um, if I, if I have to recommend you other, other dishes on the menu, I would say they're spin on a Caesar salad, which they use endive lettuce, which is very, if you don't know endive, it's very, it's kind of, it's very bitter. There's not, um, which really pairs perfectly with like a Caesar, a really rich Caesar dressing. Um, and it's kind of crazy. Cause I'm like, I don't, I can't believe no one's thought of this before because endive, endive and a Caesar just makes sense. And, but they have this off menu spicy rigatoni as well, where they, it's on this huge plate and they like put it in the oven 
and it crisps up like the edges and the top and it's kind of like what you'd find like a baked mac and cheese but it's spicy rigatoni and if you don't know spicy rigatoni is having a bit of a moment if you know about carbone's spicy rigatoni which is a very nice restaurant in new york but i i think i think horses is probably my number one recommendation for your halloween um so moving on to sorry moving on to our my our other halloween recommendations is um chispaca so if you haven't heard of the name nancy silverton i don't know what you're doing so nancy silverton is a household name in the restaurant world she's restaurants all over the world um even including cabo san lucas which is a kind of weird place for italian italian restaurants but she's she's done a lot she established la uh, um la brea bakery which is this bakery that she used to own which was uh, located on la brea obviously and they made fresh fresh made bread which if you're living in los angeles now you think oh no big deal of course fresh made bread everyone has fresh made bread but she was kind of doing this at a time where people were just using sliced bread and it wasn't really it wasn't it it, it was kind of a new a really new idea and and then she also had this restaurant Capanile, which is, um, if you don't know, if you know Republique, a French restaurant, also on La Brea, it's um, which also used to be, um, which also used to be Campanile, which she, uh, which was a a great Italian restaurant, which she owned with her um, husband. Um, and when when they were in my their twenties, my parents used to go to Campanile every Thursday for grilled cheese night, and. Grilled cheese night was kind of like the, there are these like fancy elaborate grilled cheeses like blue cheese and pear or braised short ribbon pickled red cabbage. And my parents would go every Thursday because it was you could get a cheap grilled cheese at this amazing restaurant and talk with Nancy because she she loves to talk with the people in her restaurant. She's this amazing person. I highly recommend watching her chef's table episode if you haven't. Um, she's she's great. And. Though the horses is still relatively new, Nancy Silverton's restaurants have been around forever, and now she owns the Mozaplex, which is on Melrose, which is made up of three restaurants. Where Chispaca, the restaurant I have yet to talk about, is situated. In the in the Mozaplex is Osteria Moza, which is this Italian restaurant, and they have a bar which they call the Barada Bar, and you can order just like tons of cheeses paired with breads and oils and toppings. And then they have pizzeria mozza, which is kind of a casual pizzeria, but it's spiced up with the ingredients on the pizza. They have this incredible Brussels sprout pizza, which you never would have thought would be on a pizza, but it's like with guanciale and it's it's beautiful. And then of course, Chispaca, which is an Italian steakhouse. Um, Nancy describes this restaurant as how an Italian birch butcher might cook. The menu is loaded up with huge $250 Florentine style steaks, which sounds, which is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, but it's, it's enough to feed like five people. And then you also find these like comforting, rich items like chicken pot pie and the inside like horses. It kind of reminds me a little of horses is very dark and intimate horses, a little more lively, but you want to go to Chispaca with a huge group, even if it's a small restaurant. This is a place where you want to go so you're able to try like two different meats and order three appetizers because the food is just so rich and hearty that it's it's a sharing restaurant. 
But the one dish you need to try for our spooky series is the beef bone marrow pie. And it's this inside, it's like a flaky, thick pastry. It's kind of like a pot pie with tender braised beef cheeks inside. And if you didn't think that would induce a heart attack, there is bone marrow fat included in the in the center of the pie. But the real star of the show here is this entire bone jutting out of the center of the pie, which is filled with bone marrow that you can, it's kind of like a DIY moment. You can spread the bone marrow on top of the pastry, which again, sounds like a heart attack. Even though the bone is mostly for show, show, the rich flavor of the bone marrow is um, lost amidst the rest of the fatty meat and pie. It's still, it's still really fun. And it's, um, and I, in my opinion, what, what screams Halloween more than like a bone? Um, assuming you can stomach more than this uh, indulgent pot pie, I, I strongly recommend the octopus that is incredibly tender. It's served with two kinds of chip chickpeas, like a whipped chickpea and then a crispy chickpea. And then any, any of the other meats, the pork chop with fennel pollen, um, is also beautiful. But then again, the Florentine style steaks, which, um, it, it's an area in Italy, but again, it's these huge steaks that are perfectly cooked, so much flavor, dry aged. They're just beautiful. So these Moza and Moza, uh, all of Nancy Silverton's restaurants, Chispaca and, um, and Chispaca and horses are highly reported on in food media right now. They're very, very popular. Um, but I, I, I want to talk also about two restaurants that I think sometimes fall a little under the radar. And one of these being Alimento. Alimento is a very different space than both of these restaurants. It's located in Silver Lake, but instead of like these deep woods and dark interiors and like comforting spaces that you find in Chispaca and horses, it's very inside. It's bright and minimalist, but that it's still, the food is very comforting. And if you've ever been to Silver Lake, you know, the people there are like, it's a very warm and talkative atmosphere. And it's, it's, it's perfect for fall and Halloween for you individuals out there who prefer the coziness and comfort that comes with Halloween, opposed to being jump scared by your food, this place is for you. The menu is elevated Italian, so all the dishes are meant to share, um, with it mostly being made of, of small plates, though they do have an amazing pasta section. My all-time favorite dish here is the braised lettuce bruschetta. So you get this crusty, this insanely crusty bread, like the like I I can't I I I don't have the words to describe this bread. It's incredible, which is layered with cold burrata, and then contrasted with this like hot charred and braised lettuce, which is a highly underrated cooking technique for lettuce in my opinion. Lettuce you see it in salads, but braised lettuce is is such a great topping on anything. And then it sits in a bowl of warm Parmesan broth with sliced snap peas fo- floating on the surface. And then you get this warm Parmesan broth soaking into the bread and then the cold burrata that you're able to spread. And it, I, I'm, I'm getting hungry describing this dish. It's, it's, it's beautiful. But I can't mention fall without including a soup. So don't fret. Alimento has a white bean soup, which is served with a side of the same incredible, crusty, olive oil-soaked toast that comes with bruschetta. And then it also um, it also has chilies in the soup, which 
which add a little variation and a little contrast in the flavor profile. Um, Or, in your opinion, it's an unneeded scare, whatever your spice tolerance may be. And one more restaurant that I want to include is, in my opinion, is the is it located in the scariest place in L.A., um, Angelino's, you know, the Beverly Center. It um, This restaurant is called Angler, and Angler is kind of an enigma, in my opinion, because it's both highly rated and underrated. So Angler has two locations, one in San Francisco and one in Los Angeles. And the one in San Francisco has a Michelin star, but the one in Los Angeles is barely talked about. I think it it has to do with the location because being in the basement of the Beverly Center isn't what I imagine my dream restaurant location to be. But the it's 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 such a weird restaurant. I can't I you have to I I highly recommend it, but you have to go with people you're comfortable with because this is not a first date kind of restaurant. You walk in and it's it's a huge room with like fish tanks and lobsters. And it looks like a Michelin star restaurant because it is, but it's completely empty. And you're probably going to be one of like three people there. And then you have these waiters who are dressed up in like tuxedos coming and giving you these menus, which have outrageous prices, but the food is spectacular. And for the series, I would recommend this radicchio salad. And it's this red radicchio with this vinegary, vinegary dressing and it's it's bright red it has beet juice in the dressing too which adds to this like redness and they give you a steak knife to cut through the radicchio and you'll understand and they give you a bib as well they give you a bib it's like you're cutting it's like you're going to a seafood boil kind of night but instead you're eating a salad and when you're done with the salad you have left is like this beet red juice all over the bib and your mouth and the plate and it looks like you just ate someone <laughs> it looks it's it looks like you just it, the plate is soaked in blood but i really i recommend angler highly it's just it's something that it's it's a very strange restaurant and i think i think more people need to be talking about it and bill addison who is the food editor for the LA Times gave a lukewarm review to Angler, but the food is incredible. I would also re- recommend the banana pancakes that come with caviar, which banana pancakes and caviar caviar sound like a weird mix, but it's almost like a bellini, but it's sweet. Um, again, another amazing dish. So I hope you feel that this restaurant selection was diverse enough. I picked one, a new hit, an oldie but goodie, one that gets slept on, which is Alimento, and then one that is, like I said, an enigma, one that is both highly rated and and never rated. So although I believe restaurant reservations should be part of everyone's Halloween traditions, I can't ignore talking about a hot topic, candy. So overstuffing yourself with candy is an essential aspect of Halloween every year. So we have a speed restaurant uh, round of questions all about my humble opinions on these amazing sweets. Now that's all the foods you discussed. I've got my um, stomach rumbling and they weren't foods that I'd essentially think would make my stomach rumbling, especially the pig's head one. I thought I was daring when I had goat brain. But back, yeah, um, what? No, 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 I the goat the goat brain sounds delicious. There's a lot of goat 
in um, in Los Angeles right now. If you look at Stephanie Izzard, who's from um, Chicago, all her restaurants have goat in the name. So I highly recommend um, any of her restaurants. I just went recently to Little Goat Diner in Chicago. If you want, if you want more goat. <laughs> Well, the place I got goat ring for, they unfortunately don't sell it anymore. It's at this cozy little restaurant called Shalimar. It's an Indo-Pakistan cuisine, and it's just soul food right there and then for me and my family. But back to the candies, what do you think is the most underrated candy? I think uh, I would have to say, this is going to be very unpopular, but I would have to say the Almond Joy. This is... This is my opinion, and then I would probably say that there's a people's choice underrated candy, but I think my most underrated candy, the Almond Joy is everyone, coconut is a very, is causes a lot of controversy, but it's such a beautiful flavor that you don't, I feel like it's obviously very, very sweet in the Almond Joy, but I, I think it's highly underrated. Everyone should love coconut. Coconut is perfect for desserts. It adds, it adds a very interesting it adds a very interesting flavor and texture, something that you don't see a lot without being too overly sweet. But I would have to say the people's choice would be a, the 100 grand, which you think would be more popular because it has everything that people like in a candy, caramel, milk chocolate, and like right, like little crispies in it. But it's, it's, sadly, it's sadly not talked enough about. I, would, I think it should be in everyone's candy hall for Halloween. What's your favorite candy? My favorite type? Yes. What What do you think um, is most underrated? You're going to disagree on me with this, but I've recently got into gummy bears. Yeah, gummy bears. I, I do. I this, this this takes us into the next question. I I'm sorry. Gum, gummies are gummies are highly overrated. Gummies are that overrated. I think when you start eating like Haribo gummies or I don't know, there are these really good gummies that I don't know where they come from. My dad brings them from his office, but they're one of the best things I've ever tasted in my life. And then there's something so addictive about the gummy texture. Yeah. I think if you find uh, this, this is what I, I think gummies are a very overrated candy. I think you often, you said the texture, but I think often they're usually stale. So, and stale chocolate is very different than a stale gummy. It feels like you're chewing forever. But I think not just gummies are overrated. If I have to pick a chocolate, I think the Snickers is the most overrated candy of all time. It just, there's so many better renditions of it, like of the milk chocolate, caramel, nougat, peanut, all of that. There's just so many better versions of it. So I don't know why everyone's so obsessed with the Snickers. Yeah. I could agree with that, and personally, I have, um, this will be a love for candy that I'll always have. It's the Sour Patch Kids candy, but to you, what is the most perfectly rated candy? Not too much, not too less. I think the Peanut M&M is the perfectly, it is everything, it's texture-wise, it's not too sweet, because you have, like, a giant peanut in the middle that adds, like, that saltiness. It has, it's, it's so good frozen, it's so good for snacking. I'm not like a big like like to like open like eight different wrappers so of like little fun sized things. So I just like love to snack on a couple peanut M&Ms at a time. It's I think you can't top it and it's it's better than the regular M&M. 
big fan of Eminem's itself or Skittles or anything like that. They're just they just don't give me that satisfaction of candy. But if you could create your own perfect Halloween candy, what would it consist of? So in this situation, I'm gonna imagine that I'm in a Willy Wonka, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory kind of situation because I I I want like I want to be able. Have you ever have you ever seen that movie or read the book? Because or because when Violet she chews the gum that like t- tastes like a Thanksgiving dinner or tastes like a tastes like these amazing flavors. So I'm gonna pretend that I can make a candy where it can encapsulate a flavor profile that usually candy can't. But I would have to say I would first use dark chocolate because milk chocolate is way too sweet, and dark chocolate is just like it's the perfect amount of sweetness and also you can taste more of the flavor of the chocolate which is an ingredient not just sugar and then i would probably say salted caramel not just caramel like a beautifully salted caramel and then i would incorporate apples in in some way because i have it's kind of this and this like bar is kind of inspired by or it would be kind of like maybe it could be like a peanut m&m where it's like chocolate salted caramel and then like apple inside like an apple flavor um but it's inspired by these candy apples that i have at the farmer's market in los angeles um at the grove the farmer's market there and they have this candy apple which is covered in salted caramel and then cold dark chocolate and it's it's delicious i highly recommend my perfect halloween candy would some be something on the levels of dark chocolate and um I just need that good texture. Either it be crunchy or chewy, I just need some texture. And I love the way you describe food. It's like just like baking shows and, you know, how there's this uh, show I recently watched, Iron Chef. And the way they described food was so decadent and sweet to hear. And I think you described it just like that. And it was really addictive to hear. And this was really fun, Alex. I'm so happy to welcome you to our team, and we'll look forward to more of your segments about dining and food. Great, thank I you. Hope, yeah. I hope you enjoyed our show today. Unfortunately, we're out of time for today's show. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Production, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially our audio engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about Be The Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestarur.org. That's www.bethestarur.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio. And have a safe and fun Halloween. Don't eat too much candy and brush your teeth. Well, I can't say anything about the candy. Boo! Okay, I tried to make an impression of a ghost right there and then, and... I shouldn't act in horror movies, especially as the ghost. But always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine.